0: Here we go. It's the first quarter of the big game. You want to toss up a Hail Mary. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time,
1: it works every time. If you're good at something, never do it for free.
0: I'd like to be pimps from Oakland or cowboys from Arizona, but it's not Halloween.
1: Look, my friend,
0: this is just the way you and I differ. Grow up, Peter Pan. chocula. If my answers frighten you, Vincent, then you should cease asking scary questions. All I do is win, 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 no matter what Got money on my mind, I can never
2: get enough And every time I step up in the field Hello everybody, it's Jackson Jackson, everybody I'm Tom Allen, with Matt Byrne on the board S&P futures up 14, NASDAQ futures up 59 Following a dramatic drop on Friday uh, How dramatic, you might ask? Well, Dow was down uh, 939 S&P was down 155, NASDAQ down 536 So right now we're basically back 10% of... Uh, Friday, so who knows? We can build on that, or it could be the the dead cat bounce. I mean, who the hell knows? They all kinds of stuff going on in the world. Do we have Mister uh, Greg, Chief. How are you, buddy?
3: Here. Doing well. How was your weekend, sir?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was okay. A uh, lot of lot of rain all over the place, but other than that, it was um okay. I mean, we like uh, the rain. Well, you know, we've rain makes grain, as they say in your business. But uh, I think we got enough rain. What do you think?
3: Well, we don't have enough gr- or enough rain and grain uh, if you head south and west, but fortunately for Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, you know, our weather is still pretty good. Looking forward to a, a great weather this week, too, hopefully, and a lot of planting within the next couple weeks.
2: Um, it's not too muddy? Probably isn't yeah, also. I don't think so. Have you gone out and walked the fields?
3: <laughs> I have not. I just watched the prices Oh, well, everything we need to it know. It
2: tells you pretty much everything you need to know. Yeah, what, what did you make of uh, Friday? Did you guys do anything special, or is it just the market going in the crap hole?
3: I think the equities were just kind of their own animal. Uh, we didn't do too much. Uh, oil now, I think, is down a bunch, but I, I'm not positive that the equities really had much of an effect on us.
2: Yeah, oil is down uh 290, still over 100, it's still 101.73. It was below 100 a couple of weeks ago, but, uh, um, it's the Chinese lockdowns they allege are causing the problem in the oil problem. Well, if you're shorted, it's not a problem, right? If you're shorted, it's a good. I
3: wouldn't want to be there or short oil, so, yeah. yeah not a problem for, for this guy.
2: What, uh, s- speaking of the oil market, I mean, I, uh, I did some study, I'm, I am, I am no expert, no accent expert on me, on oil, but, I was surprised at the amount of countries that export oil. Is it like 20? Is there's like 20. I mean, not, you know, some of them not very much, but it's a, it's a big, it's, you know, everybody gets this idea that it's uh, OPEC and a couple other places. It really isn't. I mean, there, there's a lot of people that, uh, I mean, it's, out of all the markets. We've got
3: the right combination of politics and infrastructure in order to get oil out. Uh, some Some companies, or some countries, just rely entirely on you know multinationals to pull it out like uh everybody left russia and that was a, a large problem for them because now they have to pull out their own oil And you see that that's not exactly going to happen quickly
2: no the same thing happened in uh uh libya way back that's in right the day up. yeah in libya and that's uh that's what uh armor and hammer and oxy kind of went in and picked up the pieces a few years later right and they actually did pretty well with it Okay.
3: Yeah, and speaking of uh, Oxy, did, did Warren, Buffs, Warren Buffett spend a whole bunch of money on uh, oil stocks last week, or I, th-
2: I, I think he did, but I don't. I mean, his biggest one is this. Uh, Oxy did?
3: and Chevron were big. Uh, yeah, I think combined, he must have spent like forty or fifty billion on them.
2: Yeah, and he has some. Uh, he likes some other company that some Microsoft buying, Abvi, or something, or whatever it is. Cause he, oh, he thinks oh, yeah, like, Active, uh, Active right? Yeah. Not happy. but, yeah, uh, but he sure thinks the deal is, is going to go through? gonna So he's kind of doing the uh, the head of the the, the uh, what well, they call it the arm, the merger but, arm, right? Yeah. You know, f- funny story, uh, Greg. We, Mrs. Guy, I couldn't even tell you the name of the guy because I don't. <laughs> I don't know where the hell he is. If he's even alive. Uh, back when I first started, uh, you know, financial TV. I don't even think the guy was on. Uh, I don't even know if there was a CNBC. He might have been on that local station. Uh, way before, uh, I think you were in the business, maybe not, uh, you've been in it for a while, but the, one of the interesting parts, things, there was a lot of takeovers in those days, I mean, you never, when you define risk and options, this is bizarre, Greg, when you design risk and options, you would always talk about a guy who sold naked calls and somebody took the stock over, I mean, in my, as bad, as low as the market was when I started, I mean, the interest rates were, you know, 15% in the I'm going to say the Dow was 800, roughly 650, somewhere in there. It was, it, it was low, like really low, and you—you uh, n- you never defined risk. There was only 100, and maybe 110, 125 optionable stocks, so they were—you know—they were the biggest companies at the time. I don't know if any one of them ever went under. You know, my first couple of years, so when when you went out and gave uh, uh, lectures and you talked about risk and options, you always talked about. The stock trading 50 bucks and you selling the 55 calls thinking you're, you're slick, right? And all of a sudden somebody says, I'll pay 80 for the place. And then you're not so slick. Uh, you
4: know.
2: <laughs> so, you know, that was, uh, that was the, the mantra because when I started in, uh, it was either late 80 or early 81, on April of 78, there was a big, uh, move in IBM and literally there was a, there was a, a song on the floor, not a song, a phrase. Notre Dame had ne- or Notre Dame, uh, IBM had never, uh, finished over the 280 strike. It was the top strike. So the, the, the mantra was sell the 280s and buy a Mercedes. Yes. <laughs> so virtually everybody in the floor, even if you traded in, you know, Howard in or whatever the hell you traded in Eastman Kodak, you went over and you sold, you know, a couple hundred of the 80 calls, 280 calls every three months, because it wasn't a monthly expiration, it was three months, or maybe you sold 50 or whatever you did. You sold them for, you know, two, three, four bucks, and they, they never once finished in the money. And uh, all of a sudden, there's this one expiration in June, of, June of '78, and uh, the things were at a sixteenth on Monday morning, so you could have all bought them all back. But it was considered, you know, that, that you, you had you had no stones if you bought them back, right? I think on Friday, why would now, you buy them
3: back if they're going to zero? Yeah,
2: yeah. Right, even though you sold them at four bucks, why would you buy them back at you know a sixteenth, you know, six six cents? <laughs> So of course they finish it like 16 bucks or something and blows everybody out. Anyway, that, that's how oh. you, that's how, that's how you, uh, that's how you define risk. So um, you know, the, uh, you so did, Nobody did, had
3: any up top calls either as a uh, spread uh, Oh god, no.
2: Now why would you do that if they always went all worthless? Ah. Oh, come on, you, it was going to go all worthless. What do you need to do all that stuff for? They might have been the top calls. I'm not sure. They could have been. Uh... Anyway, but that, but that, so now, now I mean, you, you, never, you never even worry. You never even said, gee, you could buy uh, XYZ at, at 60 and the stock could go to, like, 10 or 0. Because that never happened. You know, because we were down so low, it almost looked like up, right? <laughs> but uh,
3: I think a lot of people were selling those Tesla calls all the way up. That didn't work out so well.
2: Uh, well, a lot of people were telling Tesla puts, too. Tesla calls on the way up. Well, then you know, here, that's, that, therein lies the rub. I mean, people. If if you if you have a covered writing program for people, because I've done this for for forever, you know whatever the stack is, somebody will bring Tesla stack in, and I've never this never happened with Tesla for me, thank God. But somebody bring a stack in, and they will say, here is my Tesla stack. It's you know I bought it for two hundred, and now it's eight hundred, and it's just sitting there. And I say, well, do you need? Do you want to like lighten up on this stuff? Uh No, I love my Tesla. All right. Well, is there? Would you want to sell some calls maybe? And pick up a little more income and is there a price you know, you always got to ask if there's a price you don't mind letting it go well, you know, I guess I'd let it go at like 900, alright, so you sell the 900 calls, so sure enough the stock goes to 1000 you know, you you just lost me 100 hours it's not about it's your fault, it's it's not about uh, you know, I, I really would like to sell us at 900 and say thank you very much I made 700, oh no, if it goes higher, you keep staring at it, and if it's Five years from now, and it's eighteen hundred. You 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 lost them nine hundred, even though.
3: Well, I think that uh, hurting or losing money hurts a lot more than making money. So that hundred dollar loss feels like uh, it offsets the five hundred dollar or six hundred dollar gain.
2: Yeah. So, but I'm saying, remember, it's not you didn't. If a, a lot of, uh, re, I mean, the thing is, I mean, people like you and I that are that are in the business that are professionals. I've got, you know. Whatever two three hundred stacks up on my screen here. People have that I I'm, I deal with, and uh, okay. If every single I'm looking this morning, I can. Oh man, uh, the uh, American Express is up three eighty four. What the hell? Why aren't Why why aren't I long American Express? It's up three eighty four. You can drive yourself bananas by ten o'clock by doing that. But but people That's who the nature of the beast. Yeah, but but people who buy a stack at twenty, get to sixty. And you say, well, Gene, you know, you, it used to be 10% of your portfolio, but now that it's at 60, it's 30% of your portfolio. Do you really want something to be 30% of your portfolio? No. Well, then maybe, because one of the most counterintuitive things to do, Greg, and you know this, if you, if somebody says, I want a, I want a diversified portfolio, well, now they have, you know, ETFs and indexes that will get you there, but they used to be. So you'd say, all right, you got, you got 2 million bucks let's let's pick 20 stacks you know and put a hundred thousand in each stack you can you know even that's somewhat of a sloppy uh, he- uh, diversification but it but it's something well at the end of the year yeah. at the end of the year you've got you know a couple of them a bunch that are unchanged you got a few that are down you got a couple that hopefully have kicked ass for you so now that hundred thousand is now say two hundred thousand hundred and 150. Well, to rebalance, you're, you're left with a situation where you're essentially selling the winner, right? Yeah. And and maybe buying more of the losers, which is so counterintuitive to people. They go, why, why, why should I sell my winner? Well, because, not because you don't like it anymore, but because it had a huge year. Maybe next year, you know, we don't get to trade last year. We have to trade next year. So we're starting all over again. We'd start with $100,000 per stock, right? Well, yeah, but that's... Somebody that's, needs
3: to tell uh, Buffett that because I think Apple is like 60% of his portfolio right well,
2: now. but when you get that big, the rules don't apply to you. And Plus, he's always dealing with somebody <laughs> else's money. It's not that, not that I'm not a fan. I mean, I am, but, uh, you know, but he did the same thing with IBM and then and got his ass kicked and turned, put his tail between his legs and walked, right? He thought for sure IBM yeah. was him. And he did the same thing with, uh, he finally dumped out a Coke, right? Sort of. And
3: but IBM was his biggest
2: loser in a while.
3: Even if it gets lower, he doesn't really care. That's already built into the expectations. I mean, they're they're using those as like a cash management tool rather than, you know, super investments.
2: Yeah. So my, my story is I, as I wander off, as I always do, uh, some jamoke comes on TV, and whenever somebody would say, uh, you know, uh, Papa's Brewing is trading for 40 bucks, and I say I'm going to pay 60 for it, the stock, like, never goes to 60 right? It'll go to 56, 57, somewhere in there, depending on how reliable people think I am, right? So the stock would always right, go. Just in case. Just in
3: case. You never take a pass. Yeah. Well,
2: this guy comes out, <laughs> I see him, might have just been when CNBC started where they interviewed us, Jamoke, and he goes, you know, what my company does is we buy all the, after the takeout, takeover is announced, we go in and we buy the, the stock, because it's now like, you know, 5%, 8% underneath the, the uh, takeover price, these guys never don't follow through. They always follow through before they announce. And when you start using these words like never and always in investing, your, your your hair should immediately stand up on the back of your neck and say, wait a minute. Those, those words don't... exist. guarantee, yeah, Chief. Yeah, those words do don't exist in the Sure enough, I was in one, and the thing falls apart. Never heard from this guy again. I, I think they got trounced, but, uh, you know, I didn't, never want to see that, but Whenever you come out and say they always work, as soon as you hear that word always, you're like, yeah. Right, yeah, so. Like
3: that Gabe Plotkin
2: guy from Melvin Capital. Yeah. It always works. Always works.
3: So the entire internet turns against you and decides, even that if that means them losing money, that you're going to go out of business.
2: Oh yeah. So, uh, so you your are the commodity world was busy as it has been, but not crazy last week, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, the really crazy part for us was probably mid-feb to, um, let's say, April, yeah, middle of April.
2: Oh, right now, what is, uh, in terms of the planning and everything, you know, I, you know I, I'm with you on this, because like, there was a, even though we had a lot of rain in the last couple of years, wasn't, like, the, the two counties on either side of the border, in was- Wisconsin, Illinois, like, two or three counties over right along the border, weren't they in, like, a, a drought, even though everybody else was was swimming in puddles in their backyard. I mean, it can be localized, right?
3: Oh, it can. It can definitely be localized. Fortunately, this planting season, we've had a lot of uh, good weather in the I states and such. Uh, the states that really have gotten hit with drought are, if you go like south all the way to the bottom of Texas, and you triangle it off, kind of in that lower south southwest type. Uh, all the way up, if you go west far enough to. Say North Dakota, but they're they're in trouble. But really, the the production of corn, wheat, and beans are, I think, going to be okay, barring any uh, you know severe weather these next few weeks.
2: Well, how does uh, I know you're not you're not the meteorologist? You're not the young lady on Channel Seven, that's for sure. Uh, how, How does Texas be dry and yet east of there? Georgia and those places have had some of the most bizarre wet, wet weather ever I mean it just kind of rolls over it's just open.
3: how the, the, the stream the jet stream and uh, how it works out every year is just they <laughs> they get the short end of the stick sometimes sometimes it's too wet
2: Well, uh, but by, by and large if, if you were uh, a betting man which you are on this year's crop that's not in the ground yet you're you're betting on a pretty good one
3: i have no reason to see any problems and the prices are high i didn't incent the farmers and the government came out with some more incentives last week uh... they want more crops so they're going to try as hard as they can and you know high prices in general uh... do that for the market so well
2: they have an article here and uh... well they've had a bunch of them but this is the latest last night uh... An article by, oh god, Wisehen Tan. Watch, I
3: just jinked everything.
2: Oh no, wi- wi- hen W-E-I-Z-H-E-N, so I'm not butchering this thing. Wisehen Tan is this lady's name, and she's talking about, uh, it's not just Russia, China's also contributing to higher inflation worldwide, and, uh, they're talking about, they're concerned about food there, so they've frozen fertilizer exports, which I don't know if they do that much of, but she's talking about, uh, Last July. Yeah, they
3: definitely between Russia and China they use and export a lot. And because of the political situation, you know, it's very delicate and they've stopped some of that. And you'd expect that to continue because as people get more and more squeezed, uh you do what you can for your population rather than the global market.
2: Says here China's share of global fertilized exports were twenty four percent for phosphates, thirteen percent for nitrogen and two two percent for potash potash is mostly russia right before the restrictions according to so they're essentially you can't export stuff we want you to grow stuff here so fertilizer prices are falling in china and they're going up what is what does that mean here i mean i mean obviously it's a boy here's a term i'll use it it's a factor of production right and uh we also have
3: it's a huge input cost so that if your cost goes up, obviously you try to pass it on to the consumer. That's that's happened. Um, in terms of supply, we don't, we're adjusting in that, you know, more soybeans are being planted. Uh, they, a lot of people are paying up for fertilizer if they can get it, if they can get it, really, because the crop prices are high enough to where they're saying, okay, well, we're still going to make some money, we're still going to, even though the input costs are higher, so the profit might be down, but in terms of are you making money? Yeah, if you're still making money, you can make a less percentage if your nominal price is higher. So,
2: uh, when my walk us through the the costs here, if you can. My brother started trading uh, corn options. It had to be in the 80s. Um, a guy walked by him and said, "Son, corn costs 250 a bushel. If it gets much cheaper than that, you buy it. If it gets much higher than that, you sell it." Well, 250 a bushel, fertilizer was was what in was what input, input 30 cents a bushel 40 I mean, what, what percentage do you think it is
3: uh, not anymore
2: no I'm saying but now we'll the corns now. I guess what I'm trying to get at say it was, say it was 20. there's a
3: great website that University of Illinois has that estimates farm uh, farm costs and farm profitability and what they've said is yeah your profits are going to go down a whole bunch but your crop prices your crop sales are going to be up you know Your income is going to be up twenty five or thirty percent. So it's up to you to balance those costs to make sure it works.
2: Okay. Well, I guess that's what I'm trying to I'm trying to find. Uh, If if corn was two fifty back then, and the cost of fertilizer was, I'll use the term twenty five cents a bushel, right? Well, now a bushel is what seven fifty, roughly, right? Yeah. So, So. now, does that mean fertilizer is going to $0.75, cents or it's going to $4 or 5 I mean, it's going to $0.75. Cents. The farmer's laughing.
3: As a percentage, I'm not yeah. positive. Let me look really quick. I think it used to be fertilizer was maybe price per bushel. So directly in 2020, it was 391 per bushel. Where you are expected gross revenue at like a thousand.
2: Right, so was roughly thirty-five to forty percent.
3: That was in twenty twenty.
2: Right, so now the prices have doubled essentially, and And
3: now we're projected to be we're projected to be you know over over say seven hundred or ish.
2: All right, that's per acre,
3: and that includes. the the fertilizer, the pesticide, seed drying, storage, crop insurance. That's all one section.
2: All right, so that's per acre, and you're getting 200 bushels an acre. That's
3: per bushel. Yeah.
2: All right, so so all right. Well, it can't be it can't be 750 a bushel. The price is only 750.
3: Oh, it's the gross revenue uh, priced per bushel. All
2: right, so. They're, they're still, in other words, at this price, they're still making dough. They don't, what they don't want to do, is pay for all this stuff and have the price fall to four dollars that they're in trouble. Right. So if, if you were one of these guys, if you're a uh, Greg Pappas corn farmer in a good area, and uh, at this point, how much of your crop would you make? Would you make book on and say, I'm going to bring in my normal? Uh, when Dan started, only the best farmer made. Two hundred bushels an acre, and now if you're not getting 210, 220, ten, two twenty, you're a schlump, right? I
3: think they're they're estimating around two hundred
2: average. Average. But well, if, but if a, you're if you're a, 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 a place, guy that yeah, used to get to two hundred, you're
3: lucky to get half that.
2: Yeah, but it's a. Uh, I mean, back back in those days, two hundred was a great year with a godlike farmer. Now it's gotten better. Okay, yeah. so so all right. So because
3: of those specific uh,
2: inputs, like fertilizer getting better and irrigation getting better seeds seeds are better not as much as eating yeah. bugs all right so um what what would what would you have the stones to hedge at this point would you would you say uh, for sure i'm going to get three quarters of a crop and you're going to sell it at eight bucks or do you do, do you not do that yet i'm I talking about hedge yourself on the futures you already sell forward it would you are guys even doing that yet or do, we could it could never rain again and they could get nothing so they would never oh, do that
3: I, I think a lot of people are taking advantage of the the uh all the giant price hikes and they're selling out into 23 also
2: okay so they're they're convinced that they're going the next two years are gonna be good they don't even have to be good they, i mean they're probably in their worst year they've never lost more than half a crop right
3: uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, that, that would be that would be international famine. That would be horrible.
2: Yeah. Um, so, so
3: direct direct costs you would want your say fertilizer, pesticide, seeds, uh, storage, crop insurance, and all that to be maybe forty uh, percent of your costs.
2: All right. So then, the ownership of the farm and profit is the rest.
3: You got a uh, your overhead you know, insurance and depreciation and,
2: All right, so and stuff. But you're talking the, the the raw inputs of crap in the ground is, is, is pushing three bucks a bushel. Which More. is yeah, three three and a quarter, which is a lot. I mean considering people used to make money at two fifty a bushel. They don't they can't anymore.
3: Well yeah, say twenty twenty was four and a half a bushel and they would make uh say, 400 on um, operators and land returns, and then the farmer would usually get a quarter of that, so about 100.
2: And Is the price yeah, of, far- of farmland still up there, 10%, right? 10%. Wow. Oh,
3: price of farmland went bananas.
2: Alright, so every time you make money on the crush spread, you go out and buy an acre or two or some, or some stuff uh, farms available down in Makina. 400 acres here, 400 there. You put yourself together a little something.
3: Yeah, twenty percent higher prices than last year.
2: Yeah, well, it's a. Well, farmland goes up and down all over the place, doesn't it? I mean, it's always how many people have gotten a lot of a lot of it is big companies buying it and then they lease it back to people, right?
3: Yeah, uh, but sixty percent of farmland is still, I'd say, individual or family. Or it's hard to measure because you know, what if you hire if you're an investor and you've got your brother farming, or it's it gets difficult.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. So, what do, you, what do you make for this week? What, what's your market? SPs are only up six bucks now. What do you think of the market? Are we are we crashing here? or What are we doing?
3: uh For me, I like I like selling ball. uh
2: Which side you selling? The calls or the puts? <laughs> oh, high ball. <laughs> <There> you, God, <laughs> just, <laughs> that's just what we need as a premium seller. Well, you you are correct. It is pretty darn high. The VIX is uh, thirty four, and I'll tell you what. Uh, Greg, for somebody who you know, protects everybody, all the people here I buy protect using put options and stuff. The price of the puts is getting high enough to where you wonder, do I really want to be in this stuff? I and mean, really.
4: Well one way
3: you could think of it is you sell <laughs> sell the premium and then maybe put some buy orders in somewhere for the actual underlying.
2: Uh if you sell the puts, you already got the buy order in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm an
3: investor type in that stuff. Oh so god. Playing with, I'm playing with dividends. I'm not
2: playing with uh, principal. Okay. Well, have a nice week. But SP futures now only up three. Future futures up five. Be right back, Mr. John Flanagan.
0: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com/slash/jocks.
2: Hello, this is Tom Howard, the chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold. The idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. Welcome back, Stats and Jacks. I'm Tom Al, Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. Uh, S&P futures are, uh, up $1 now. And Nasdaq futures are down 5, so, so much for the big bounce. Uh, not so much bouncing right now. Matter of fact, we're unchanged, which is kind of ugly because we don't really need another day down like, uh, like on Friday. Dow futures still up 93. Individual stocks the American Express up 384, which kind of leading the Dow. Panel's up a buck 84 if they came out last week and said they, we raise the prices enough to cover their increased costs. I'm very happy for them. Uh, we've got Visa up 87 cents. So most stuff in the Dow is actually up. Uh, at least, at least so far. Over in Asia, we've got, uh, Nikkei down 29 points. Uh, boy, you can almost call that one flat. Uh, Shanghai, uh, they, they, uh, did not, they're not open today and neither is the Hang Seng. So, uh, not sure why Chinese stocks are closed, but they are. Uh, over in Europe, we've got the, uh, well, the rest of the uh, stocks over in uh, Asia, Vietnam, and all the rest of them are all down. But uh, basically, mainland China is closed. We're in Europe we got the DAX down 180, 126.9%. FTSE over up 35. Actually, they're not open today either, uh, the FTSE. Uh, Kakaran, this is, uh, I guess this is May Day or something. Uh, Kakaran down 113, one7 So the ones that are open uh, are down, and the FTSE is uh, not open. As a review of Friday, which we don't want to do, but we will anyway, uh, Dow Jones down 939, that's 2.8%, SP down 155, that's 3.6, NASDAQ down 536, that's 4, 4.2. Uh, Friday was about as ugly as it gets. The last day of the, the month, well, uh, uh, so April was not a good month. Uh, Bonds, uh, 10 years, 2.92, that's up 4 basis points. The bun down 1 basis point, but at 0.92. Japan up 1 to point two four, they They've been right around this .25 number. That's why you see, but ours fluttering around, that's why you see the, uh, the inverse versus the dollar being pretty active, because one's moving one way and the other's just hanging there. Uh, oil, down 3 bucks now, 101.67. Rent down 260, uh, 1 at 104.53. Natural gas overs up another 14 cents, 7.39, which is probably as high as, you know, give it a penny or two as high as I've ever seen it. Our Bob down 5 cents at 339. We've got gold, uh, whack whack down 31 bo- bucks at 1879. A strength of the dollar, uh, is there plus the Fed uh, rate hike. Silver down 36 cents, 2272. Copper down 11 cents, 428. And we have, uh, Bitcoin up 781 to 38,626. Matt, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports, and bears end up with 10 guys in the lower rounds. We'll see, uh, how that works out.
6: Yeah, they're picking a lot of people for that draft. Uh, currently six thirty seven AM on May second, twenty twenty two. Let's get some sports real quick. NFL draft day two. Uh Bears picked Kyler Gordon as a corner uh, cornerback and Jaquan Brister on safety. Day three picks of Vellas Jones Junior as wide receiver. That's all we got for Bears news right now. Well then they
2: went and traded a bunch of fifth and sixth for sixth and seventh, ended up with like eleven guys.
6: Oh wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna kind of Late in the round, so
2: maybe one of them will turn out.
6: Yeah, a little too, uh, too little, too late. Yeah. Uh, last night, NBA playoffs: Bucks takes out Celtics, one hundred one to eighty nine, and Golden State beats the Grizzlies, one seventeen to one sixteen. Tonight in the semifinals, 76ers seventy ers at Miami Heat at six thirty Central Time, uh, and the Dallas Mavericks with Phoenix Suns at nine o'clock at Central Time. Baseball: Cubs win against the Milwaukee Brewers for a change, two to zero. White Sox lose to L.A. Angels, five to six. Diamondbacks, beaten by uh, uh, St. Louis, 5-7. It's all for sports. Now in weather, in Chicago, currently cloudy. A little bit of sun coming out of the uh, uh, southwest there, uh, but that won't last for very long. 47 degrees, high of 61, and a low of 46. In Phoenix, clear skies, 69 degrees, high of 93, and a low of 66. Now in traffic in Chicago, heavy traffic westbound the Dan Ryan between 35th Street and downtown, and slowdown starting at 51st Street. Traffic eastbound Eisenhower between Wolf Road and Harlem Avenue. Traffic eastbound Kennedy between Cumberland Avenue and Lawrence Avenue. And finally, traffic northbound Stevenson between Illinois Route 171 and South Pulaski Road. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you.
2: We have Mr. Flanagan.
6: Tom, you
4: do. Good morning.
2: How
6: are you? uh, Were all the storms
2: and rain all over the place this weekend? uh, I hope your roof doesn't leak.
4: Well, and I actually got my rain barrels put in. Friday, so how's
2: that for Flanagan timing? <laughs> um, no, if you were in Arizona, you would be arrested.
4: Right. <laughs> if I live in Arkansas, I don't think I, I could even have a rain barrel shipped to me.
2: <laughs> no. well, what, what, you, what if you called it a whiskey barrel? That would be okay.
4: <laughs> of course, that would have to be used for its dedicated purpose, though,
2: so. For those that don't know what God's name I'm talking about is is uh, per usual... If you live anywhere near Phoenix, you are part of the Salt River Reclamation Project, correct? Yep. And, uh, every, every drop of rain that falls, even if it's on your property, does not belong to you. It belongs to the Salt River Reclamation Process Project. So, if you start to try and store any water on your land, that's a big no-no. So rain barrels are oot! <laughs> so, Johnny, uh, Friday was a very ugly day, so at the end of the day we adjusted everything down, and uh you know, we didn't, i you mean know, some of the market lost 3%, I'm thinking across the board we were down, you know, 0.8 of 1%, which on a relative basis is pretty darn good, but you're still down, you know, still not, the idea is not to wake up in the morning and show up when you leave, you have less money than when you left, right? Uh, when you got here. But, uh, Friday was, was, you know, pretty singular in a way down. I mean, there haven't been too many days like that. Uh, so this morning, <laughs> I wander in and, as you know, I've been railing all over the place about the, uh, Fed. All we do is talk, not do anything type of thing. As you see prices going to the moon and everybody's complaining about it and everywhere you go, you can't, you see stuff just going up. And, uh, so, <laughs> Steve Leesman, who, you know, I think is supposed to be a pretty really good guy, but got, Talk about a Fed lapdog because I can't believe that the Feds have this meeting this week and now the market is reacting to the the the, the harshest uh, tightening like ever announced. And I'm going, Steve. This has been going on for like three years and they haven't they haven't done anything yet. A quarter point. I mean, really? I mean, what, the, the hardest talk we've ever heard, John. What, what does yep. that mean exactly?
4: Well, what would we do if we were really in a crisis, Tom?
2: We just talk. <laughs> So if uh, if I had the water on in your bathroom on your third floor uh, and it was leaking through the place, would we just talk about it and schedule a meeting in July and maybe think about turning it off, or should we just turn it off?
4: I think we'd wait until the first floor was entirely underwater. Yeah. Th- then we might pick up the phone.
2: Do have a few carp from the river and wing them on the first floor and them swimming around in there, <laughs> bottom feeding in your fridge? you know. It's like a cartoon from the far side or something. Yeah, it's like, it, it, it is... What, what do they think is going to happen? And then, then uh, uh, like this, this lady talked about China caused. You know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't understand it. Uh, how people can even begin to think that inflation of this size is caused by supply chain this and this, just just like we th- we thought in the seventies, it was caused by those dirty Arabs withholding the oil. You could cause inflation in a, in a spot by a shortage or something you can 't cause a general inflation because otherwise, if one goes up, everything just go else just goes down right but a general inflation can only be there because there's too much money in the system i i i, I don't know how I guess I can talk i 'm blue in the face i 'm never going to get anywhere with this one, but here's a uh an article here and by uh jeff cox we have we have uh uh quoted from many times Jeff writes nice articles and he 's talking about the the now you and I and the rest of the world zeros in on the CPI and we talk all the time about uh you know the foibles of the CPI and and the difficulty in keeping it relevant uh today to 25 years ago when a lot of stuff has changed and people's basket has changed where well, you can't if you change the basket totally it doesn't have any relation to 25 years ago and you, you want to keep some sort of a uh, connection there right John? but oh yeah but by the same token the uh um here's his key points. Personal consumption under the PCE came out last Now the Fed uses this PCE, uh, and the uh, person, which is the personal consumption expenditure prices, which is supposed to be closer to what people actually spend in the CPI. It's a way of saying the CPI, in trying to keep itself, uh, you know, relevant when 25, 30, 40 years ago, has kind of left the ball yard as to what's relevant today. So they got this new one, right? Uh so, the preferred inflation gauge core PCE rose five point two percent in March from a year ago. now, five point two percent from a year ago, bull bleep right? right There was a slight deceleration from February in the in Wall Street, so Now everybody's putting their their, their 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 back behind this one because there was a slight deceleration in February. everybody's convinced that we've we've peaked right. Employment costs accelerated one point four percent in the past quarter. While inflation-adjusted income declined 0.4 percent in March, so including food and energy, core PCE prices surged 6.6 percent, the fastest pace since March 1982. So when you define recession, I was listening to your buddy, the, the uh, was he the Arkansas governor, some good Republican general. all right, I think maybe there's a. I'm suspected maybe we uh, might have a recession somewhere down the line. Hey, buddy. <laughs> when when inflation-adjusted income drops... You have it, a rear-view mirror, Governor? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, uh, I, I know... I mean, uh, well, actually, I, I can't name the place. I should be able to. I know that there's this uh, think tank, which you're probably secretly in and won't tell me, that, gets, that, that does nothing but sit there and decide which quarter we had a recession in. Right. And a quarter is, what, two consecutive quarters of uh, negative growth, right? Well, we just had one out of the blue. And yet nobody's even... Thinking that maybe we could have number two right now. Yeah, <laughs> we just had one. Whenever right, we thought we we're wrong,
4: to see what numbers are going to be revised downward before we're through here. So. Yeah.
2: So right now, I am going to say that if inflation-adjusted income is down point four percent in March. We're we're on our way, which would it puts you and me and Matt Byrne in a recession if our expenses go up and our and our and our income goes down. Well, to it, correct? Right. The uh, anyway, so. Just so everybody knows, I'm, I immediately scurried over to uh, Wikipedia here, and the PCU, all right? And this, now the idea is, and now they compare it to the, to the CPI. So, food and beverage, and there's not as many groups here, which is uh, uh, easier. So it's easier really to go through this than it is the CPI, thank God. Uh, food and beverages. CPI, it's 15% of your basket. Uh, right, Jan? Yep. Now, PCE drops it down to 13.8, but this is PCE unadjusted and PCE adjusted. Now, if I was Mayor Daly, who, who are these adjusticators or whatever they call these guys? I mean, who are these adjusters? Right, so under under their adjustment, adjusting, it's 17%, which must mean that the Fed, whoever does this is on the, government trough and they get to have more drinks at dinner or something. Um, because they, they adjusted this way up. Uh, housing is uh, 42% in the CPI. 26% in the PCE. How, does, how is housing only 26% of somebody's basket? I mean, what, what plan are they on? Uh, PCE adjusted runs that up to 33 from 26. All right, so that adjustment I might, I might roll with. Apparel, not much in the apparel, it's like 4%. Medical care, get a look of this. Medical care in the CPI is six point two percent of your basket. Uh, duh. The PCE unadjusted, guess what it is, John? Well, it's twenty two point three. So it's it's fairly accurate because uh, medical care is what twenty one percent of the economy now. Oh yeah. So That's it's clearly, but guess what they adjusted down to. And this is the one I can't, I can't, I can't even begin to fathom. They adjust it down to 5%, even lower than the CPI. How, how in anybody's imagination is a medical care 5% of somebody's basket? When you average out every age group.
4: Well, look, look at what most deductibles are in relation to your savings or your income alone. Yeah. Just before you start paying for the care. Yeah, it's, it's it's just it's flabbergasting to be We these these kinds of numbers are supposed to be read and not laughed at.
2: And they have a uh, recreation um, is uh, five point six in the CPI and uh, six point eight in the PCE, eight point four percent in the price adjusted P/E, which puts it higher than education and higher than medical care. Who, who do you who do you know pays almost twice as much in recreation as they do in, in health insurance, either them or their or their, or their uh,
4: employer? Nobody is not institutionalized.
2: Hey, how, how could you What? How can I recreate for twenty five hundred hours a month? Actually, first of all,
4: where could you spend that kind of money? Well, I mean, I, I,
2: if you, if you include uh Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs tickets, you could. I guess that's recreation, right?
4: Yeah, season
2: tickets. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could, but, but does is, is anybody honestly think that uh, the average family recreates more than they, almost 50% more than the cost of their, uh, medical care?
4: Well, if they do, then they're homeless already.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know, crazy stuff, but, so this is the kind of stuff we're dealing with. But to get back to the, the numbers from Mr. Cox, like I said, um, the employment cost index, increased 1.4% in the first quarter uh, from the previous period. But the index, which measures, measures total compensation costs for non-government workers, was up 4.5% over the past year. All right, so does anybody think that the inflation is not more than
4: 4.5%? We're being asked to live in some kind of alternate universe. Uh, well, while well, we just get numbers thrown at us that, have, that nobody can take seriously, let alone professionals you know, who are in charge of, of you know, crunching these numbers, but we are, are so misled to think that this is not somehow by design. If we think this is accidental, it's about covering up and, and twisting stories and making people who question it, you know, the victims of some kind of disinformation campaign. Uh, But you can see this kind of disinformation all over the place now. And it it, it flies in the face of just common sense. But we can't really, how how do you respond to this without making yourself look like a a tinfoil wearer? You you, you really, you go out on a limb by saying we're being fed BS over and over again because, you know, you got people like Nancy Pelosi and other people saying this is the, the genuine God's truth. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, mean, I feel pretty helpless in, in trying to, like, make decisions about stuff when there's very little data that is trustworthy and you can't complain about the data that you're getting.
2: Well, John, how do without, you... not
4: making you? yourself a malcontent or, you know, some sort of enemy of the state.
2: Well, how do you cross that bridge where my Fed guys actually still used to go to work? There's a shot. Uh... At, in the in the building, I'm not saying they don't do any work at home. They used to stop by uh our favorite watering hole, series once in a while, and our downtown watering hole. And uh and I said, you know, how, how do these guys believe these inflation numbers? And the answer was actually really good, Jen. And I don't know, you're a much better wordsmith than me. How how would you even? The answer was, well, you're on you're in the Federal Reserve, okay, and you have this meeting and you get all these statistics, and you got all these people that work, work for the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and it says you don't have much of a meeting. If you get all this stuff, where, you know, they got hundreds of people over there doing their job, and they drop it in the middle of the table and they say, the CPI was up half of 1% last month, and you say, that's BS, it was 2%. Because all of a sudden your meeting dissolves into not believing some other group's numbers. And goes, you, you, you can't do that. that, that that's, that's just, uh, otherwise you never get any place anywhere, which I think they're not getting any place anywhere, but at some point are you, are, you, are you a total buffoon by after 12 months of this or 12 years of this saying, oh, this isn't even right. I, mean, I, I don't know how you cross that bridge, right? because you really can't spend all two days arguing over the numbers you get from other places. I get that part, but somehow or another, they're not right either. I mean, I, how would you, how do you piece that together?
4: Well, there's no real urgency behind any of this, Tom, which is the thing that's that's kind of demoralized me. Um, If we really knew what we were playing with and we knew the stakes of getting it wrong and and getting it even mildly wrong, let alone horrendously wrong, I don't think there could be such a cavalier attitude about it, just kicking the can down the road and settling on any old numbers for the short term and then just watching how the market responds. And, And, you know, I think the market is always right. <laughs> By that I mean, it's always responding to what the numbers refuse to show, or the numbers have been tweaked not to show, and you know the other numbers, the numbers that people feel in their bones or in their gut, are a completely different set. And those are always the things you're seeing reflected in the markets. And they know best. Maybe people don't like to read the signals that way, and they don't like the way the markets are going. But I think the market Well, I is think your
2: you your 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 head is in the right place, but your eyes are looking in the wrong direction. The Fed has been the market; they've manipulated the market for the last how many years?
4: Oh yeah, I mean, I mean the stock market. I mean, just yeah, that's sort of a sideline. Um, you're the, talking about the, the right. market for
2: everything out there.
4: The Fed has cr- created just a smokescreen of confusion about all of this.
2: Well, and they, and they put nine trillion dollars to work
4: right and denying responsibility yeah. for any of the effects that follow from that and getting people like Nancy Pelosi and other people to you know join on the bandwagon saying oh it has nothing to do with money supply
2: oh yeah well and Biden's saying the same thing which is insane because they both were here they're both older than God for God's sake anyway <laughs> but I you know one thing I didn't notice and this is this is a shot I mean uh and, and and the funny part of it is it's a shot but it was something that our founding fathers did their best to deal with And I mean, because you're a constitutional expert here what I'm saying is my biggest complaint from all the way from my the two guys that were actually one was more my hero than the other I really liked George Stigler I thought he was much more interesting to listen to than Milton Friedman although they were both terrific uh I, you get the you get the idea that you know Uncle milty was going to go out to Washington and he was going to talk to the fed people and say they were doing stuff wrong and so forth and and have all his his work that he just completed the monetary history and explain this is why you're screwing this up and blah 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 uh, it it always it'll all it'll come out in the end you know but don't worry the the market will work in ten years from now say eight years from now even from him you got the view since he was a a ten-year professor, a three or four year time span was way different to him than, than somebody who the price of chicken for the family went up 10% like last month. There, there wasn't, there wasn't the urgency to it that, that maybe the rest of the economy put on it. And it really wasn't so much the urgency. If you had savings and you were, and there's nothing wrong with this, being in a union, the savings rate was always higher than the inflation plus. And as a union you got after a while not not initially you got cost of living interest increases pretty much every quarter. Not not many of them John, were 100%, but they were 70 75 80, you know, some percentage of the CPI. I don't know of anybody who got 100%, but there might have been there might have been a few that I didn't know about. Uh so in, a, in a, the constitution basically said, okay, that's why we want these guys in the house elected every two years because if anything happens, everything changes we want these guys to know about it right away we don't want them being in the ivory tower even though there was no ivory towers in those days and they sort of anticipated this and yet it sort of hasn't worked out that way because you can't get well, there's huge turnover at, at one level among the two and, one and two and three term people after that it seems like they leave when they feel like leaving, I, I'm sure that's probably not totally accurate but but somehow, or another way, I mean, I don't have really a problem with uh Joe Biden personally, other than the fact that the guy never seemed to have had a regular job. I mean, his time horizon is totally different than yours and mine. I mean,
4: Absolutely, and and he's typical.
2: He's yeah, typical. I mean, I don't know that he he he, I mean, he says he understands. I mean, when he first, to be fair, when he first went to Congress. Back at the time when you and I were, you know, basically getting out of school, the people in Congress, especially representatives, didn't make very much money and were expected basically to live two places. And the dude got in the train every Friday night and came back to where the hell he was in, in, uh, was he Delaware? Yep. Um, and you know, and he, none of those guys lived a high lifestyle. I mean, Marty Russo did, and none of the people we knew did, cause they, they couldn't you know, you didn't make that, you, and they didn't trade, they didn't trade ahead of stuff in those days, <clears throat> they clearly didn't get the same money from the lobbyists, um, so I I think, you know, in those days, the, in the in the Congress, you probably were pretty forced to be somewhat blue collar, and I you know somehow or another, you, I don't know if it's changed that much yet, I don't think it has for the first first term, or second term, or third term, but once you're in there for a while, it sure seems to have changed, to me, I mean, that's just one an impression, but you speak for a while,
4: uh, you know, the, the way it used to be, I'm, I'm talking you know, 150 years ago or so, That the typical Congress congressperson lived in a rooming house in Washington, often very shabby, got your meals with the hoi polloi every day. You lived a bachelor existence, even if you were a family man and had a bunch of kids back home, and you were anxious to get back and see them. And when you got back to your district, um, you were kind of immediately back in the groove that you had left. Now, I, I think any Congress person who, you know, leaves Washington for a, a well-deserved respite from all the BS that's floating around is still completely surrounded by their staff and insiders who are getting them on the campaign trail every time they have a chance. And it isn't about listening to anybody; it's about going to meet and greets and getting a message and pounding it and getting press time and everything else. There is no time for these people to readjust. To absorb what's been happening in the district while they were away, because they've gotten into a mindset where they have to spend this time campaigning to get reelected, and all the time they spend campaigning is time away from absorbing what's really going on. And it's just a way of dodging these bullets. They can't. They don't have time to think about this stuff.
2: Looking back, let's uh, let's take that apart a little bit uh, in terms of expanding what you just said. S&P futures now down fourteen, Nasdaq down sixty eight. This is not what I wanted to see this morning. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Something happened welcome back I'm to Tom I'm Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. Mr. John Flanagan with us. S&P Future is now down 12, NASDAQ down 62. Like I say, not what I wanted to hear. A, a big, you know, a nice bounce day here would be a, a big winner. I don't see it coming at this point. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, just remember, Jan and Matt, you are not drinking alone if your dog is home. <laughs> Can
4: I include cats in that too? No, I don't know
2: about that. You know, I don't
6: know about that. My cat matches me glass
4: for glass. Oh God! The cat
6: will judge you. The dog won't. (laughs) (laughs)
4: God.
2: Still, I still have to deal with Audrey's uh, poodle puppy. Got to she a riot, but talk about energy! Every time I've seen a standard poodle in my hood, I've always walked along right next to the owner. They're the sweetest dogs. Very smart. I, I've never come across a puppy. They have no, they have more energy than anything I've ever seen. I mean, uh, I guess any puppy does, but boy, oh boy, she's she's cute. But um, let's just say she's busy. Is that a fair? And <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, they don't even get paid, Tom. Isn't this amazing?
2: Oh, I know they don't even get paid. Uh, so I guess what I'm what I'm getting to, Jan, is when uh, some some parts of uh, our system. I'm going to say that, well, the guy, uh, Keith Pico who was on a couple of weeks ago from uh, Mayor of Orlando, who's running for uh, uh, a rep in that district, he's a U.S. rep. I'm going to say between being mayor, and if he's going to go, anybody who puts on a little coffee clatch, or I guess you could even have a, a drink clatch, I'm trying to trying to talk Audrey into being a bundler. I said, oh, you should become a bundler. She's like, what the hell's a bundler? I said, a bundler is when you get... Ten of your friends over for 150 bucks a throw, and and, and, and you uh, you pay 25 hours for the for the chow and the booze, and you give the guy one check in your name. <laughs> that's what a bundler does. Uh, and obviously, if it's a presidential bundler, you have people there paying, you know, ten thousand to meet Bill Clinton, and you write the check for a hundred. He doesn't know any of those other people. or does he care? He just knows you sent him a check for a hundred, right? Right.
4: That, he'll that, talk to you. will talk to
2: you, not the other schlumps. That, 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 that's that's a bundler. Anyway, but. I have no i mean if if you get this dude and plus he welcomes it, it seems like he does he answered every question that I threw at him. If you get this dude in your living room or on on or the deck or wherever the hell he is, i don't think people hold back at all john i mean i you know the blue haired lady is not about to shut up when the guy's in front of him, not that blue haired lady should shut up, but I'm saying I think the presidential candidates that walk into the into the little uh Breakfast joints in uh, the counters in Iowa in the presidential—I don't think those people hold back at all. I, I think you get a real fair earful of what's going on, you know, in in the world. But it seems like after a period of time when you you don't necessarily have to do that, or you're running unopposed as a rep or something, somewhere you seem to lose some of that. I think. I mean, like is what you're saying, how, how does that happen? I mean, how how many terms do you think does it take? Where uh, I'll just pick a name out where a. Uh, a Danny Davis doesn't even really campaign or a Mike Quigley, he's not going to go sit in somebody's living room for an hour and a half and listen to people bitch at him, I mean uh, or maybe he is, I, mean, I, I don't know, what, what's your feeling on it?
4: I think some people never really listen at all um, I think the ones that probably have you know, learned to listen are people like Ken Peacow and just a shout out to him um, he's in the Sun-Times today, and the Better Government Association has this rating system for statements that are made, you know, when people are touting their record, you know, about crime or whatever else, and he has true a rating that the BGA is notoriously stingy with for his claims about crime and what's happened to it in Orland Park. So, you know, they what he's saying about it and how it's been reduced is spot on according to Better government association. So kudos to Ken Pikao. I think it'd be <laughs> I mean, nice if we had more politicians who could get ratings like that occasionally. But but the people who come up through the ward organizations and have had to administer um, a, even a township, but better yet, a city, um, or as an alderman, even the, these people are are better positioned to know how fragile their power base is if they become become detached from it and that they people will turn on you on a dime, and, you know, if they think you're you're not listening to them, they will let it be known in no uncertain terms. And a mayor has to be very much aware of that, because all you do is kind of, supposedly anyway, unless you have a security detail like Lloyd Lightfoot's, you're exposed all the time. But the, but the people who don't come up to that, the people who are products of think tanks or, you know, just as democrat types who are harvested because they are malleable these people never listen i mean they they listen to their handlers but their constituents who cares about them so i think the people who have had to survive in politics locally understand how dangerous it is to shut yourself off from what's being said around you but you know somebody like biden who goes into a, a town hall and meeting in Iowa and, you know, gets in fights with people when they challenge him on stuff and, you know, challenges them to fist fights and all this crazy stuff, he doesn't care really how he comes across. He, he thinks that the people who are challenging him are dead nuts, and, he, you know, he's convinced of that, and there's no way he's going to take them seriously, nor does the media take such people seriously. If, you, if you're going against the conventional wisdom, you're portrayed as some malcontent or some nutcase that, that nobody should be paying attention to or listening to. Um, so it, it, you would think if you went to a meeting and you were assaulted you know, by your constituents that you would come out of there shaken enough where you'd change your tune. But a lot of these people are, are convinced it's, it's you, not me. I'm the one who's right here. You're wrong. I don't care what you say. I don't care how many people say it. I know better. And we've got a whole class of people like that who have never had to respond to grassroots anything they've lived in bubbles all their lives like Joe Biden. I mean, being in the Senate since 1972 or 73 or whatever, what kind of grasp does he have on anything outside of his staff and his family and the glad handers in the party who tell him how great he is? He believes
2: it now. Well, I mean, it's it's real easy, though. You can get... I mean, I I certainly try and and dig out, especially since I... I think I could have a conversation with, what's her name? Uh, Ortiz. Because hey, she's hot. Uh, oh no! Rafael no, I, okay, I, I Yeah, I, 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 you know, but I mean, because I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to f- figure out if somebody says something, even kind of dumb, uh, in my opinion. I just try and see what they look at, what they've seen that makes them think that way. But people are are very uh, hell. I you know, I've gotten in discussions with my nephews. And, uh, you know, they can be, well, one of them especially can be very opinionated. And I just, you know, I just sit there and go, okay, well, have you read this, 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 and this before you form that opinion? No, that's all, that's all no good. But you haven't read it yet. I mean, you haven't, I mean, I can see where you're coming from and what you're talking about, but by the way, if you look this way, you might temper that just at least a little bit. Well, no, it's, I, this is the way, this is the way it is. You know, this, this whole group is no good or this, that's the you know those you can't say like a whole fire department or whole police department or this is that there's there's no good people in Congress. Well, yeah, there are. You know, come on, yeah, there are. Not everybody's like they're from Chicago. <laughs> there are there are places that actually uh when Audrey had her place down in Ogden Dunes, there was a lady who uh I think she was a rep. Uh, I don't. I, I think Indiana's got the same thing we do. The House and the Senate. I think she was a rep. I don't know if she was a senator. Uh but I mean when they they'd spend all kinds of time putting a balanced budget together and I used to i to her a few times, I mean nothing major. And uh she was probably let's put it this way, she she didn't get there because she was uh Christy Brinkley. You know, she's just a, a regular lady and uh a regular <laughs> regular blue collar schmuck like you and me. And uh and uh she'd say, Well no, I gotta go back to to uh Indianapolis this week and I go, How come? She's well our budget is running, is running hot. We gotta go down and we gotta figure out what to cut because we want it balanced. I mean, it's gonna be a, a tough week for us. And I mean, it wasn't like she would, she would talk to anybody, find out what was going on, and, and she actually gave a bleep. You know, and I, and I, I think that in a, in a lot of states, maybe even in southern, I'm not gonna say everybody from the city is, is tainted, but, uh, I think there's a lot of pretty good government going on. I think it's very uneven, actually. And, uh, it's, it's, matter of fact, one of the, the reasons why I say that is uh, I went out and bought this Ford Bronco, an old one in, in Rhode Island, it ended up being a bad buy, but it's another story. Um always bring a mirror to put under the car, uh, cause I had my spots where I looked for rust on those old Broncos and there was none there and I didn't look under the car because the thing was stored like on grass or something. Anyway, so screw up on my part. So I stop in, uh, I think it's Clarendon, Pennsylvania. It's like, it's like, uh, Key Largo. Everybody in there, it's like halfway between New Jersey, New York, and Chicago. So everybody in there is, the bar is like driving from New York to here or here to New York. So it's very interesting. There's this lady, uh, sitting at the bar, very nice. Uh, and I started talking to her and she, I said, I said, Boy, I mean, you're kind of a local coming to this place. Everybody else is here driving New York to Chicago. She said, well, I'm meeting my, uh, brother. I go, okay. You brother comes in. Well, immediately I stopped talking to her. The brother was fascinating. He's a, Uh, We don't have that much of this here, do we, John? They have a city manager system a lot in Pennsylvania. Actually, I think Orland might be a city manager part. Didn't uh, Keith say that a couple weeks ago?
4: Right. San Francisco supervisors, you know, they they go by different names, but they tend to be, you know, they don't work very well in big cities because the problems are too complex to deal with such a weak body. But in a small municipality, they work okay.
2: Well, this guy was saying that, uh, I was fascinated by him. He was the manager in like one or two places, but he was on the board of like three other cities. He said, you, you drive along the, you know, the I-80 here, you think all these towns are alike. He goes, they're not. He goes, it's, it's really scary. It'll be a place with 10,000 people and they, they, uh, they're police and firemen. They put enough money into pensions. Everything's flat. No, there's no deficit. There's no nothing. People are getting like the right amount and, uh, the actuarial. They did it all right. And uh, you go 10 miles down. There's another city. The guys gave everybody like double the pension that, that that they were putting in, and it was their buddies. And all of a sudden, they got this big hole. You you would never guess. I mean, it's like they didn't know what an actuary was. <laughs> they didn't know what an interest rate was. He goes, "Some places are total messes. Other places are done are, are fine." He goes, "You would never guess there was that sort of a uh, you know." And so the same way I think about in government, I think there's a lot of good people that quote go to Congress. My concern is what happens when they get there, uh, but you know, I, I I think there are some. I think there's a lot of people probably from central and southern Illinois that go to the state legislature with the idea that they're going to do something right, Jan. I mean, it's not, I don't I don't think we're all idiots or crooks.
4: Oh, of course, we're not, Tom. And I I think you know the people who are, are brave enough and confident enough to think that there's a job for me to do, and I I know how you know, what a bad rap. a lot of I give a lot of credit to but having said that there's a lot of people there who have always just been tools of some other part of the system and they've never known how to think for themselves and their value to various interest groups is that they don't have any thoughts of their own Um, and I put in, in that class how to schmooze and say the right things and get promotions and, and being taken into other people's confidence you told the mark you, you're not there to create trouble you're not there to rattle the cage of anybody and there's a lot of those people and in various you know convenings of the congress i think they have close to the upper hand or maybe a convincing upper hand and at other times less so and, um after watergate i think there was a money part of it They,
2: they're so close with these votes, John. It must be, with the amount of money, if you can get snuck into one of these bills, the amount of money coming your way. I mean, there's people with this, uh, the COVID stuff that manage to get themselves written in these bills. Not even, I don't even know who these people are, but you don't ever have to work again. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm real anxious for, uh, cause I don't really know too many of these people. So it's not like I got a huge fandom. Uh, I would really like to see, somebody like uh, Mayor Peacock get in there, because I hope he would still be friends at a show if he is now. He came on once, so it's not like we're best buddies or anything. although I'd like to know the guy better. Uh, with his, I'll say he's not a kid. He's not 25. Um, he's been an, a veteran. Uh, he's done all those kinds of things. I'm anxious to figure out that if, if he's in there for two or three terms and we're still doing the show, John, I'd, I'd like to find out if and when he was able to do any good there. I mean, and, and sort of have a, uh, you know, if we could ever keep track of he was nice enough to come back on and so forth, as he's, assuming he wins, I mean, there's a bunch of people running against him, uh, if he wins, I'd love to find out, after, after two terms, does he say screw this? Or, 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 or what, or what does he do? I mean, or, after, you know, one term, he's on a pretty good committee and he does this and he's making some progress and he, you can say I got this part into a bill and blah 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 and I'm, or I helped straighten out the veterans thing, or I did something. I mean, I'm, I'd really be anxious to find to, to follow not just him. If we had, if we could find a, a few other people that are running that came on the show and, and say they won. Follow their careers. The first because uh, Carl was not at all his buddy in Florida who won. and couldn't wait to get out of there after two years. That's a, kind of the only that that's sort of. The implication I'm getting from a lot of these people that they got there and like, what am I even doing? I'm just another vote and if I ever vote the wrong way, I'll never get back in and what the hell uh I mean it seems like that's what's going on and I don't know how the you know the the, uh, the house is supposed to be the people's house I don't know if it is anymore. It'll be interesting to see in, in mayor Pico if he if he wins his primary, if all of a sudden uh, you know the Democrats really want that seat or the Republicans want him, what does he do? Does he take a whole bunch of outside money if the other guy does or doesn't? I mean, I, I mean we got a, a, a close look at one of these elections, and I think we'll try and follow it. I mean, it won't be like all of them are like that, but maybe we'll have an inside view, hopefully.
4: Well, he, he has a healthy approach, I think, to you know the value of... And the, the, the necessity of being able to talk to different kinds of people and to become you know, a trustworthy listener for these people, regardless of their political persuasions. And, I mean, people are always touting their skill in this, in, you know, election campaigns. I've I've learned how to work with both sides of the aisle. I'm totally bipartisan in my approach. I am a Democrat or a Republican, but I have lots of friends on the other side. You know, this is standard operating procedure for campaigns. Um, It would that it were more true than it is, because once you get in, if you have party backing and in some states, I think this is just ironclad, um, you are a captured vote for whatever organization you're nominally a member of or who's contributing to your campaign, and you get zero ability or freedom to associate, fraternize, you know, socialize with people not of your political stripe, without making yourself a kind of spectacle or, or making other people concerned about your loyalty. And unfortunately, now loyalty is what's really driving the political agenda, or the obstruction of the political agenda of the moment. It isn't about reasoned debate. It isn't about compromise. It's not about thinking at all. It's about slavish adherence to the people who are writing your checks. And you go off the reservation, and you will be out of office pronto. Um, I'm sure that, you know people who run know this at some level that there's certain things they must do to keep their job. I think it must be a real shock when they get there to find out how much they have to do and how little chance there is.
2: Well Jeff, what do you say When you hear uh there must be a uh well, I these guys are doing this all the time, I'm sure you know more about this than me, but they must constantly be be uh I don't know I mean, you can't it's hard to do surveys these days, nobody answers their phone at home, but there must be constantly surveys of what uh quote hot button issues are. 'cause I've heard some ads on uh, a lot of them on News Radio seventy eight but on a few other stations that turn the Cubs on or whatever. The uh you hear you know Matt Burns running for uh Metropolitan Sanitary District and he's gonna <clears throat> decrease crime in your neighborhood. <laughs> it's like what what are you guys talking about? <clears throat> there's like four three or four There must be hot button issues. There's crime, there's uh there's uh schools and uh and, and you know and, and taxes again so there's and, and it's all about, you know, Matt Byrne getting the money to get on the air and talk about these issues. And you know, how many people even know what in the hell he's running for. Uh, but the, he, he's, 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 he's again, crime and he's for education. All right, fine. I guess he's good. He's for motherhood and, and good-looking people, too,
6: I guess. It sounds you know. good to me. Yeah, sounds good to him. He's got my vote.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's got his own <laughs> vote. I love that. The uh, So, I mean... It's a question of getting your name out there because people go into these booths. And I don't know any of these people, and all of a sudden you, you remember hearing somebody's name, and maybe you'll vote for them more likely than that, even though you don't know either. But it's there's I mean, I guess where I'm going to with this is our, our, our you know a friend of the show, uh, Mayor Peacow, He he's in there and he's running against there's there's an incumbent Democrat, I think is being challenged by some lady who's something else because like I said, it's a whole new district drawn there so they're really even though he's the incumbent I don't even know he lives in it the Democratic guy so you know he's got a he's got a problem being reelected I think John just on what happened to the district doesn't mean he can't win but he essentially has to start from scratch I think so okay uh, the mayor finds out that uh or the, the other guy or the other lady gets you know ten million dollars from God knows who you know three big firms and somebody walks up and we uh you know, Stocks and Jacks walks up, or PTI Securities, if we had the scratch-o, <coughs> it says, guess what, you know, here's a million bucks, I mean, does he say no, does he say yes, and if he says yes, what exactly does he owe PTI Securities, I know, I guess, you know, if it's a hundred bucks, he better owe you anything, but if it's a million bucks, what, just in case, someday, you know, we're Morgan Stanley, and we have a, you know, we did something wrong, and instead of, you know, a trillion-dollar fine, we get a 40-cent fine. I mean, what exactly do you think you're getting? Is it by buying that vote where every single time Republicans are on one side and Democrats on the other, we can always count on your Republican vote? Or or are you going to be the one senator that says, uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure about this one? I mean, I, I mean I, John, I, in all the time I've, I've talked about it on the air, I, I have no idea what people expect when they give you that dope. I mean, there was a judge in Illinois that took a whole bunch of money from State Farm, and one day there was a big, uh, insurance claim case, State Farm against somebody, and he refused to recuse himself. Uh, did, is that what State Farm paid for? Um, should somebody have said, get your ass out of there? I mean, I, I mean, I was stunned at the, uh, Justice, uh, what's his name? The guy whose wife is kind of a wacko, uh, Thomas. Thomas? Yeah. He gets to decide whether he, What's a conflict? Well, that's interesting. The president doesn't even get to do that. No, I'll decide if it's a conflict. They gave me a bunch of money. What's the conflict?
4: Well, <laughs> no. you know, the flip side of that is if you are taking contributions from State Farm with the intention that you are voting, you know, as a st- proxy for State Farm, like it's a you know shareholders meeting or something. Um, is that the right <laughs> thing to do either? Um, well, do, I'm, I'm, you know, do I you guess abjure your donors' wishes and, and vote for your constituents but well then you can kiss the check from State Farm goodbye the next time and they might trash you by putting up a a candidate to knock you out too
2: well I mean I I talk to my uh, you know I meet once in a while with the guys in the local uh, local Spadners a few judges and a bunch of attorneys have been around forever it's an interesting group to talk to and uh, you know the judges I don't I don't I mean in in their mind uh, I'm going to say 95% of the time John I'm no lawyer you are I mean if if you, if somebody gets a big contribution from, you know, the Flannigan Law Firm, and his judge uh, race, and all of a sudden the guy's, you know, assigned a traffic court, which if there is such a thing, or 26th Street, or juvenile court, I mean, the Flanagan Law Firm could give a rat's behind 99% of what this guy or lady does, right? Just go right. there and do the right job. Some day they work their way into a chancery spot, and guess what? The, the Flanagan Law Firm has a bazillion dollar case in front of this judge. Well, is it now payback? I mean, what is it? I mean, I, 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 even in Chicago, I can't exactly my, explain to myself what exactly I expect for this person, and is it a two-way street? I mean, what I expect the same as what he expects or she expects? Or I mean, I, I mean, there's well, nothing now, written.
4: I think it, it presumes you get access. This is, you know, certainly what the Clinton Foundation has masterminded. You, you get the, the right to make a phone call to somebody and have that phone call answered by the person you're trying to talk to. But of course, it isn't just access; um, it's, it's, it's result-oriented too. And you know that that's clearly now what. what you know, it, it, how do you separate that from quid pro quo bribery kind of politics? I don't think you can.
2: Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think anybody gives anybody. Half a million bucks just in case. You hope no. you hope it's like
4: uh, just that your phone call get answered. You know, I, I don't quote me on this time, but I think there have been sixteen instances in this congressional term where Kamala Harris, as vice president, has broken ties on votes. And of course, you know, given the the victory on those to to the Democrats, So sixteen times where it's been that close. And think of the other times when joe manchin from west virginia and, and Kristen cinema from arizona have sort of defied their party's directives and taken unbelievable heat from other yeah. democrats top to bottom across the country it, it shows you that you know only the only the bravest and the sternest people who you don't know, know they can be doxed or hounded or insulted or left and right if if they really think about what their constituents want, they have to go against what their party is telling them to do. There's two senators on the Democratic side that seem willing to do that, and they've been completely villainized by the DNC, and let alone the more radical arm of the party.
2: Well, look so, at what happened to, what's-his-name's daughter that didn't like Trump, John McCain. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not like there's only one, but I can't believe that in all 16 of those bills, whatever they are, Laws that one person on one side or the other didn't think that this was either a bad or a good or, or should have been passed. I mean, man, did every did every Republican honestly think that the, that the bill sucked, and every and every Democrat thought it was good? I mean, it can't possibly
4: be. Well, when it's that close, you, you become if you're a, the opposition party as you, know, you you are if the if the Democrats hold the vice presidency. Um, your job there is really not to. Advance anything. I think that this is sort of the, the thing I see happening right now is to stop this train wreck of the, the democratic the legislative initiative, which is bankrupting the country. But you know, if you if you can stop it, you get some kind of points. But you know, in 16 cases, it, you know, even if you had all of your, you know, you know, caucus going with you, it's not enough to stop it. And the, the stakes now are so high in a, in a nasty world like the one we live in. And you've got a war overseas that has been politicized. The Speaker of the House is meeting with Zelensky over the weekend. I thought, okay, I've got to stop watching this, this kind of stuff on YouTube. I, this is a pretty sick thing. We're, we're enmeshed in it, and we just, just don't want to admit it. And we're, we're likely to get even more enmeshed in it to our allies' distress. But when, it, when the stakes are so high, um, what else can you do but bandy together into some kind of armed camp? And that, that's what these parties have become. They are, they are yeah, not got to be thinking people. But every, they're, not, they're not designed right now to work across the aisle. They're designed to dig in their heels and throw spitballs at each other.
2: But every, every one of these bills can't be that one way or the other. I mean, there must be...
4: Well, uh, think how they're crafted, though, Tom. They, they've been just pushed, uh, it just distorted out of all shape with pork for various people that's been jammed in at the last minute or just stuck in, you know, in the middle of the night, as Chuck Schumer seems to be pretty good at these days, and you're never giving people a chance to even read the thing, and then they have to vote on it. So, when you have that kind of mentality, people are going to block it even before they vote, yeah, because I, I they know it's likely... I don't to be
2: disagree. Done. I just, it seems like uh, every president in the last four has managed to double the deficit while he's been there, whether they've been Democrat or Republican. So, it's I know they seem to be spending money on different things, but they're all are all going the same direction. It's it's pretty scary. And at
4: least we weren't giving it all above board to Ukraine, which we are now.
2: Well, yeah, I and mean, I just let's talk about that maybe on uh, on Thursday. I I don't uh, are we going to give these guys just enough enough bullets? Just a little too late, when we're all killed, or what are we doing over there? I man well we'll
4: probably give them enough to get our allies, you know, Scandinavia and Western Europe. Um, to put Russia
2: in their sights. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. John, th- thank you very much. But SB Features down 4 and SB Features down 27 came in. They were up. And by the way, we were, up, we were down heavy on Friday, so we're looking for an update today. So far, not here. Be right back with our, with our mortgage girl Good morning. Give us a call about your stock. 888 jacks That's 888-765-6257. Or email us at at live.com. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom and Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. So Matt, imagine a world in which YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook merge. we known as U-TwitFace.
6: That sounds like the post-apocalypse.
2: Yeah, th- you know, it's uh, doesn't sound. I don't know, doesn't sound bad. I guess I don't know. It could be good. <laughs> SP Futures down nine, SA Futures down forty-five. Not the result we're looking for today. Uh, looking, f- looking for the bounce, and I don't see dub bounce at this point. Uh, we have the individual stocks in the Dow. We got three M up up a buck. We've got uh, American Express was up, now it's, it's only up fifty cents. It was up more than that a while ago. Amgen up eighty-one cents. So we're leaking on the upside here. Dow futures now are down 7. They were up earlier. Over in Asia, careful here because the ones that are on my screen here that are open, Nikkei is down 29 points. Uh, that's 0.1%. Shanghai and, and Hang Seng were, uh, were, in, were uh, closed. Uh, Chinese factory output contracted in April, so they had news out, so who knows what they'll be tomorrow morning. I'm guessing if they did open today, they would be opening down because of that. Over in Europe, we've got the uh, DAX down 170, 1.2%. FTSE, they're closed as well. Uh, and the CAC up down 118, that's 1.8%. So the places are open uh, are doing the ouch over there. Friday, talk talking about the big ouch. Dow Jones down 939, 2.8%. S&P's down 155, 3.6%. NASDAQ down 536, 4%. So we're talking 4% in one day. Uh, you know, a bear market's 10%. So uh, uh I think a bear market's 10%. Uh, so 4% in one day gets you there pretty fast. Uh, bonds up four basis points, 293 Bond change at 0.93. Uh, Japan up one basis point to 0.24. Oil uh, whack whack down 341. It's heading toward 100 bucks, 100 dollars net 78 cents. Rent down 359, 103 50, 55. Natural gas up eight cents to 733. Natural gas is relentless to the upside. Arbob down eight cents to 335. We got gold getting whacked here because of the uh, 36 bucks down 1875. Silver down 42 cents twenty two sixty six. We're selling everything here, it seems, except for natural gas. Copper down eleven cents, four twenty-eight. And we have Bitcoin. Up 7.15, they're up a little bit, but 38,559. Matt, what do you got for us, Trevi, weather sports?
6: Yeah, six seven 7.36 a.m. on May second, twenty 2022 in the NBA playoffs last night. Bucks take out the Celtics, 101-89. to Golden State beats the Grizzlies, 117-116. to Tonight in the semifinals, 76ers at Miami Heat at 6.30 Central Time and the Dallas Mavericks at, uh, with the uh, Phoenix Suns at 9 o'clock Central Time. Uh, weather uh, in Chicago, currently cloudy, 51 degrees, high of 61 and a low of 46. In Phoenix, clear skies, 68 degrees, high of 93, and a low of 66. Now to traffic in Chicago. Uh, heavy traffic eastbound the Eisenhower between uh, Wedgwood Drive and downtown. It's pretty solid. Uh, traffic w- westbound the Eisenhower between Central Avenue and First Avenue. Uh, heavy traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland all the way to downtown. Keep in mind an accident at, at Lawrence that's caused by an uh, uh, accident right uh, going on to the ramp at Lawrence. Uh, and uh, heavy traffic, heavy traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland all the way to downtown. Traffic westbound on the Kennedy between West Monroe's Avenue and West Bryn Mawr. Heavy traffic westbound to the Dan Ryan between 59th Street and 47th. And again at South LaSalle all the way to downtown. And finally, traffic northbound Stevenson between Illinois Route One Seventy One and South Kedzie Road. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you. Um, Do we have
2: Miss Nancy Long Graham of American Portfolio Mortgage on the line?
6: Yes,
5: I am.
2: How are you this morning?
5: Good, Sam. How are you?
2: Um, Okay, so far early yet? You know how that goes.
5: Yes, I do.
2: I was looking for a market rally. Good news. Yeah, looking for a market rally and whack whack. So not much of a rally. Yeah. What, uh well, how far do you think this is going to go? Um, you know, I, I don't know, Nance. Uh, we had, uh, well, we didn't, but uh, CNBC had a couple guys on last week kind of doing the same question. A guy from Canterford Drill was saying, we're kind of just starting, and the other guy's saying everything's on sale, start buying here. Uh, I, I just worry that we, we we got so far at these valuations, and and to the point where people didn't even really look at valuations that much. That I, I I shudder not not where we came from but where we are. I mean I'm looking at NVIDIA's down hundred and five dollars in the last month. You know, and we have clients that have NVIDIA that love the thing. And uh, you know, didn't Kramer name his dog NVIDIA or something? I don't know. And uh it's still forty five plus PE. I mean, I look at Lululemon, this you know, it's trading three fifty five, it's a forty P. I you can say all you want. They're going into guys' clothes, they're doing that. Uh, by anybody's stretch they run a nice operation people love their stuff man it's forty p e for an apparel maker you know could they go lower yeah I mean, it's not like they're ten p e right so i mean you you look at right. it, you look you look at it from where they some of these have come from and you say they got to be a buy but you, you you forget where they came from and you just look at where they are now and the pes you go well they're, they're not cheap yet anywhere near no so it's so I mean, it's a question of, uh, you know, which 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 end you come from, right? It's like going out and buying a a pair of you know men's shorts for uh, well, they were a hundred bucks, now they're fifty, and you look at it and go, I wouldn't give you twenty, <laughs> right? It's the same thing, I, you know, as to where I, the, the, the lower
5: the the lower the PE, we the better off we are, correct?
2: Well, uh, no, the lower the PE means that it's uh, if, the, if the company's making ten bucks a year, and you can pay. $50 for it, and they're sending you you know, a $4 uh, dividend, you might say, I don't care where the stack goes, as long as I get my dividend, these guys are making money, I'm okay with it, I mean, I, I always care where the stack goes, but when it comes to valuations, I mean, what is something, quote, worth? I mean, as you know better than anybody, because you're in the business, interest rates are 2%, yeah. house is worth a hell of a lot more than when they're at 10%, right? Correct. And it's the same thing, I mean, it, it no matter what part of the industry you're in, I mean, I mean, do I really want to, uh, buy Lululemon and wait for 10 years to maybe get a dividend? Maybe not. Uh, because, you know, as, as they, as they grow into that price, I mean, somewhere along the line, if I pay three fifty five, it becomes an even more mature company, it's going to be 20, 25, 24, 23 PE ratio. And you know, oh, by the way, they better start sending me a check. Well, the higher the rate of interest, the less likely you are to wait for them. But I'm not going to... I am not gonna. Uh, I know you're only 25, Nance, but you remember when the, when the rates were like a lot higher, if somebody were to say, I'll give you a million dollars in 10 years, when the rates were 15%, you almost said, keep it, right? Right,
5: right. Well, I'm just saying, usually if you have a higher P.U., the stock is overvalued or... Well, it, and it could...
2: It, 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 there's a growth phase in which, you know... They haven't even made any money yet, but you can see they got a spectacular idea. And a stack could be 200 P and be a steal, right? Depending on where you are. I mean, if they're, if they're right. just, you know, so right. it's a question of where in the maturation process. And Nancy, I mean, you love what you do because you deal with some people. Some aren't the best, but <laughs> some are. Uh, I, there's certain parts of what I do that are, remain fascinating to me. And one is when people go from like evaluation to another one. I mean, I'll, I'll use Lemon Again, this is not a seller, or buyer, or whatever. If you think that they're, that they're still innovating, and that they're an innovation company, more than anybody else has been, and in some ways they have been, right? I mean, uh, uh if you say they're gonna do the right. same thing, yeah, if they're gonna do the same thing with men's apparel they did with women, I'm willing to think that these guys are gonna grow so much faster than anybody else. A 40 PE is, is cheap. It should be 50 right now because in two years these guys are gonna be making so much money, that the, even that I, you know the thing is going to be double this, or they're going to start sending me a big check or something. But then, then the other flip side of the coin is, someday if somebody walks in and goes, "Hey, they're just another apparel maker." Apparel makers traded fifteen. Right. What's it? I mean, I, you, you never know which way it's going to go or when. But w- s- but someday right. everybody makes the determination. eh, they're just an apparel maker. It could be tomorrow. It could be you know thirty years from now. They could continue to be a a, a huge growth. That's why when you, when you get into these high growth stocks, if you like them, you probably should, if you had somebody that, you know, knew where they, what they were, you want 10 of them, you know, hoping you got one of the apples in there, but try and pick just one, you know, is, is, is really hard because a lot of them that are 40, 50 PE don't make it because it's the idea never goes to fruition, but one or two of them probably are going to be the next apple or something, right? Or maybe not the next apple, but at least a con, companies around like forever. What uh, what's going on in your industry? I mean uh your you know, layoffs well, is my
5: industry depends on yours. So yeah. um if the market would do better then the mortgage rates would go go down. It works just the opposite of what you think. But the more the rates keep, the stock market keeps plummeting, the bond rates are just gonna keep going up and up and up.
2: Well that's so maybe maybe the bond rate the bond rates are going up and up because of the other <laughs> It's all about the amount of money in the system.
5: Correct. And so, um, there's, you know, if you had all these refis, if you were geared up to take in, let's just use an example, 100,000 refis a year, okay, which is the numbers much bigger, which is pretty effective, and you need 20,000 people to handle that kind of volume plus purchase, now you don't have any refis, you've got to let some of
2: your staff go and your industry is pretty quick to let go of people right
5: correct absolutely Uh, absolutely
2: because they can consolidate so easily what um, very easily when you're into an inflationary time I won't I won't mention uh, who I had this uh, discussion with but say a a a co-companion of yours and mine we all know who we're talking about uh but it, yep. it, it is interesting how, um, when you talk about an inflationary time period, somebody, you know, you and I and Audrey go out to dinner or something, and uh, and all of a sudden dinner is a little higher, and you say, okay, well, we still want to go out, and we, you know, fortunately, we might still have the the money to pay ten percent more or whatever, and we're not the type that's going to cut back on the tip, but just say, you know, that's what it is. You know, maybe instead of 20 nights of a year, we're going to go out 19. But, but there's going to be, every time somebody does something, there's going to be, unless somebody's in, and I just went over with John uh, this article about how people's pricing power, in other words, you you lost 0.4% last quarter in terms of your income versus the price rise. So someplace, mm-hmm. somewhere that that money's going to come out of. And uh, our, our co-friend, shall we say... I was uh she said what did you talk about on the show this week and I was explaining the part about if you have a 240,000 dollar mortgage and the an interest rate's 3.7 that your nut per month is 1100 bucks and if you can only afford 1100 bucks uh and and the interest rate goes to 5.7 that now you can only get a mortgage for uh for 190,000 so you can only pay you can pay 50 grand less for the house and how that's a that's a big kick in the behind for somebody who's trying to sell their house, and you know and the response was, "Well, if you like the place, you're going to come up and pay for it." I said, "I'm not arguing about that." The answer is, you, "If you can," but this person we're talking about, if I were to say, "No dinners for for the next six months," I would better start cooking. That would not go over well. I mean, I, mean, I say whatever it is, it's got to come out of some place, right, Nancy? I mean, and I it
5: does, it does. People are. I mean, car payments are going to five, $600 a month. Yep. So people have to have a car to get to work, or they have to take public transportation. And with the pandemic, that, I mean, not everyone is really thrilled about that idea. Um, they're asking people to return to work, which means now you got to, you know, go in more than just the pajama bottoms, right? Yep. Um, so people are realizing this during the call of mom. And... Um, it the money's gotta come out of something. And it's just
2: not a good thing. Well, what would your guess be? Yeah. I, I've never thought of it this way. Uh, you know, if, if, let's put it this way, it's not like the old days where guys had to wear the suit and the dress shoes every day. Uh, but, um what do you suppose the, the cost is if you, if, if you could do your, your whole business at home. I mean, some people, like, like Audrey certainly can because, I mean, that, her house is her office. I mean, it's her own brokerage firm. Uh, right, but she has to be
5: dressed and she
2: yeah. goes to the to make calls. Yeah. But she means she's going, but my, what I'm saying is for the, for the average person sitting at home doing whatever it is they do versus coming to work every day, having to have the clothes to do it, having to pay for either the gas or the parking or the train or whatever. I have to believe it's, it's a solid, depending on how much you make, obviously, it's got to be, in other words, if you're at home and all of a sudden you have to do all that other stuff, maybe even pay some childcare, it's got to be the equivalent of a 10 to 15% cut in pay. And, and, and nobody, nobody's even mentioning that as part of this. No, I want to child care around. just for one child, I think
5: for a month, is at least $1,100.
2: But then, then you get to the point where if you're taking care of your kid all day, are you really working all day? You know, we, we could go into that, you know. Uh, you know, and if you're helping your kids do their homework from home because they're home from school, are you really working? We could have that debate. But, but I'd rather, I'm just talking about in, in terms of pure cash, I mean, what, what do you suppose? I mean, it's got to cost you, well, most people probably didn't dump their car, but if they did, uh, going to get a car, driving to work, paying parking, that's a reasonable chunk of your salary you don't get to deduct any of that that's correct that's correct I would agree with you 100% so I mean whenever that's just going to start hurting people yeah so I mean you don't hear too many places saying we want you to come back to work and by the way we're going to up your salary 10% I haven't heard that anywhere of you no
5: no in fact if anything they're cutting them.
2: so yeah so yeah I mean it really does I mean Um, the people that have been working from home effectively and there have been a lot of them they say, okay, you now got to come back in, but by the way, I'm not giving you a dime. Well, it's been two years, and if you haven't got a raise the whole way, uh, where has inflation been in two years? Fifteen percent, sixteen. You've essentially got this cut yeah. in pay. So now, if you have to go back to work, it's really a cut in pay. It's a hardship. Yeah, yeah,
5: it's a hard. It's starting to be a hardship for people, and they're starting to get it. Well, but they're just starting to see like they can't make it on what. In other words, when they stayed home, they didn't get any increases. But they made you because they were, like they are saying, they were cutting out the babysitter, you for the about to eat. You were cooking more. You ate more junk. I mean, I didn't see
2: anybody coming in saying, "Oh, I lost forty pounds during COVID." Right? No. Well, no. <laughs> there might have been a few, but I don't think it was the. It was mostly the other way. But are, are you a believer in yeah, right? Uh,
5: everybody gains.
2: So uh, I mentioned earlier that if um, you're not really drinking alone, <laughs> if you have, if you have a dog, you have two dogs. I mean, you can really drink two dogs, and even they've gotten very expensive. Yeah, oh, will guide you. You don't ever want to go to an overnight vet. That's a that's an arm and a leg. It's a. So where, where do you you? If we stay here, for this, we've been doing this a long time. What would you say? I mean, if somebody comes in and says this five and a half percent rate is an outrage, what do you say? This is normal, or do you or do you do you agree?
5: No, I, I can't because we get the
2: stock
6: market. So I
5: mean the stock market the fall of the stock market is what's causing the bonds to go up. Nobody was in bonds because there was nothing in for them
2: to get. Actually the bond to bond rates are going up, the bonds are going down. But they were propped up by the Fed to start with. And should the rates have ever been three well, percent, I guess is the question. Right,
5: correct. But the average person doesn't know that they just know what it afforded them to be able to do and and those days are gone and now there has to be uh, there's going to be an adjustment period to either you get with the program and go along with it or you don't and if you don't your rent's going to go up then they're going to get it that way
2: Audrey was saying that she uh you know she she has all kinds of people she does houses with and there's a couple people that I'm not going to call them flippers but they're people that like to uh buy a place and uh Totally remodel it. I think. I think those guys are. Uh, did one of the guys tell Audrey that he was out for a while? He's like, I can't. What do you say? He paid a hundred bucks for a three quarter sheet of plywood someplace or something. He goes, I can't remodel anything at these noticed, prices.
5: I noticed that in the homes where we actually have, where they just not, you know, they're worn, they're not, haven't been really maintained well. They've been very lived in, um, you know. the, so it would be the flipper's name, uh, dream, right? Because they're going to come in and take care of all this, and then you know get top dollar for it. Even they they don't seem to have the discretionary funds to do it anymore either.
2: I think I think they're uh, the twenty thousand dollar rehab is now forty. The absolutely, yeah, yeah, could be, yeah. Yeah, it could be with, with them. And I, th- I think as uh, my is my buddy from uh, the local tavern who does this all time, done for his whole life. He's done very well with it. He goes. Chief, I always remember uh, a piece of plasterboard costs just as much in a million dollar home as it does in a forty thousand, not even a forty hundred thousand dollar home. You see, be very careful in, in remodeling low low uh, low price places because you never make any money. And that could
5: be very true. Plus, the investment pricing, um, and, you know, the interest rates have gone up for the regular primary residences, but this investment pricing. Has
2: really gone up. How, how, explain that. How, how uh, much? Sure. How much harder? How much? How, what, for, let me let me ask you a question. How? I had a, a couple guys who were from a trading floor. One used to work for me, and one was a broker. And uh, they both are pretty darn handy. And they had some money from uh, you know pensions and so forth. And uh, they they bought a place in I think, and they remodeled it and they rented it out. You know, they they bought it for a hundred thousand. Put twenty into it. It appraised out at one sixty, and they rented it for whatever eighteen hundred or something. So they're doing fine. Then they did a second place, to a third place, and all of a sudden they went to the bank and said, "Okay, we've used our money for three or four places. What about our, you know, uh, Nancy Chief remodeling? We just we want to build the business now based on the collateral of all these places to buy the next place and move from there." And the bank had no interest in them whatsoever, you know, which is makes it hard because that's
5: correct because many failed before, and they don't want to go back to the two thousand eight, two
2: thousand nine thing. But it, but then again, you'll see <laughs> some big corporation buy like five hundred homes and get three percent financing, and nobody seems to care. And they you know if there's as much right, they've just much ability to go under as these guys with their fifth house when four are all rented. that would give that almost zero probability of those guys going under. So you're saying if somebody right. wants to get any kind of an investment property, I mean, who do you have to be, Rockefeller to get that loan? No,
5: I'm, I, you know, I've been looking at this for a while, and I believe that they're being reached put together, and they're signing to Wall Street. And Wall Street always has a market for
2: everything. Right, but the regular, the regular,
5: so the regular schmuck, them. like
2: if you and I and Audrey were in that business, and we had eight homes and wanted to buy the ninth, the chances of you being able to find us a loan for the ninth place are slim. That's correct. You can only
4: own...
5: Uh, through the regular agencies you can only own ten properties and that ain't good. really that's it
2: what about like so, what about vacation you're property go to wall Street are they are they killing you on vacation property too
5: second homes, yes
2: how bad is that what if you want a second home
5: you're gonna pay full you're gonna say pay full price there's gonna be no uh, it was much more closer it may be like an eighth or a quarter over Primary residence, or even might be the same. Not that that is no longer true as of April first of this year.
2: Does the second home go to Fannie and Freddie, or, or does the bank have to hold it?
5: Everyone goes to Fannie and Freddie.
2: They do. Okay. But they
5: really, yes, but they really um, um, zipped up the interest rates on them, and then so they they are bracing for
2: not repeating what
5: happened in two thousand seven two thousand and eight. Uh, so that's that's it's kind of crazy but that's what they're
2: gonna do. Yes, the and prices then, are um, the prices are if you go through the numbers and I don't want to ruin your day, if you go through the numbers versus the income of the people are making now versus two thousand and eight, there's no question we're in a way worse shape than we were in two thousand and eight. In terms of how much the price is I realize at. that
5: but they don't want that people to wind up not being able to make their health payments. Are they so are, are, are
2: they are they a little like, are they a little late on this bus here or what?
5: You know what time? I have no control over those. I can only tell you what's happening. Yeah, I do know. you. You know what? What I think of it is a whole other issue. The best thing you can do is like kind of not going so lot of debt if you can.
6: Well, the or best you thing can don't make
5: money, you don't know, make money unless you spend money. So there's two sides to everything.
2: Well, the best news is to just have enough cash to buy your vacation home cash, right? That always works.
5: Correct. That works. works. Or keep it to the smaller size, you know, what you're going to own.
2: But you guys are, yeah, uh, yeah. because, because of the vagaries of what's going on in your area, you're still pretty busy. I mean, Audrey's still pretty busy. I mean, you, you still have a lot of people that are, you know, get, selling a sell big house, getting a smaller house, and other people getting to buying selling a smaller house, they need a bigger house. You still have that sort of trading motif going on, right?
5: That is correct, but there's no Im- there's also no in inventory, so you have to have someone who's really ready to go. It's kind of like a car. Um, took it like State our car, Carmax this weekend. And they told us um, this price is good for seven days. If you take it to the dealer, they tell you it's good for today, and you're traded. Well, wow. that's it.
2: Well, that's how, how are we ever going to so, get? And, how are we ever going to get inventory if the current million dollar house? if you and I wanted to build it, it's going to cost us a million four to build it. How the hell are we ever getting any inventory?
5: I, I don't know how you're going to sell it, unless you have multiple families going in there.
2: That's yes, what I'm saying. The cost of replacing these places is way higher than what they're trading for, right?
5: That is correct. And that's another thing you got to think about. I know, the I, GM's I already announced in, what, three years, they're going to start making gas car vehicles. So do you, do you continue to buy... um you know, I mean, I like an SUV. I like sitting up. Would you continue to buy one if they're going to go to all this electric stuff, which we don't have the infrastructure for,
2: or any of that other crazy stuff? I th- I'm going to take the I'm going to take the over on that, Nance. Three years. I'm going to say it's it's a it's what do you mean? I'm going to take at least I'm going I'm going to say it's at least a decade before they stop. There, there's a, there's a rule that that's ripe to be broken. You honestly believe that every pickup truck is going to be electric in three years? I no,
5: don't. I don't. I don't know how they can do it because your your homes aren't ready. I've already investigated this, and you need two hundred amp service.
2: Yeah, to,
5: uh, you, you need two hundred amp service in your home in order to even be able to plug it in, and that's for an all night charge.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, it's nance. Don't ever don't ever confuse the facts with a good story. <laughs> On that note, how does somebody find you? Sh- uh, shameless plug. Uh, give that to me again. I was, give it, throw that out again. I was talking. Uh, 708-3419601. Now take it, take it from Stocks & Jacks. Nancy's the best. Nancy, see you this weekend. Hopefully next weekend. SP Futures now down 10. NASIA Futures down 53. Not the right direction. Back tomorrow, Stocks & Jacks.
1: When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No,
0: man. No, man. I believe
1: you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man.